What is the gospel? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Brian DeBozik, Managing Editor of The Gospel Project, and with me is Aaron Armstrong, our brand manager. Today, we're talking about our first name. We sure are. Well, unless you consider the our first name and gospel our middle name. Well, you know, I mean, maybe it's a, maybe it's a hyphenated first name. It could be. You know? So either our first or second name, yeah, <laughs> gospel, that's what we're talking about. I mean, about. clearly our last name is Project. Clearly so. our last name is Project, which we share with some um, relatives that that's right. are not yeah. close relatives, but we, we like them. They're distant cousins. They're distant cousins, <laughs> but not the weird distant cousins. No, 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 no. They're cool. They're, they're cool. good. They're good cousins, All right. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so we are talking about the gospel today, and um, it's fun. It. In, in one sense, it feels kind of funny that we're deva- <laughs> devoting an entire episode of to the question of what is the gospel, but but uh, it's necessary. It is absolutely and, necessary. And you know what's funny, Aaron is is mm-hmm. we revise these ninety nine essential doctrines before our our third cycle yeah. of the gospel project began, and so we had them for what two cycles? Uh, we yeah we had them for six, six years. years. And as we're reviewing them, we looked and noticed there was something missing. That's right. We had 99 doctrines, but the gospel won one. (laughs) It was not one. And we're like, wait a minute. I still remember when we went and got these approved. And I can't remember who it was, but somebody just laughed. I think it was Michael (laughs) Kelly. Laughed out loud in the meeting. And I was like, oh, that's not good. Why is he laughing? And he was like, I think it's hilarious. We have not had the gospel as one of our doctrines. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, It was either him or uh, Ben Trubelet, our student ministry director. I think it was 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 one of them. Yeah, it was one of them. But but, I mean, it was it was clearly one of those things that we needed to that we needed to break down. And and hopefully you'll see why as you listen to this episode. So uh, we're going to kick it off as we always do when we are talking about the the big truths of the Christian faith by actually walking through our definition of it that comes from the 99 essential Christian doctrines. So here is what we have said about the gospel. The Bible teaches that the gospel is both an event and a story. That word is important and it doesn't mean false. It There are true stories, y'all, so keep that in mind. Um, first, it is an event that took place at a specific point in history, referring to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the redemption of sinners. Second, the gospel is also the story of redemption that God has planned since before the foundations of the earth, um, which comes, which we understand from Ephesians 1-4, um, and that this story runs through Scripture and culminates in a renewed and res- a restored and redeemed creation, a new heaven and new earth where sin, death, and suffering will never again plague humanity and God's people will live with him forever. The event and the story do not exist apart from or in conflict with one another, but together inspire us to a life of devotion and mission. That last part especially sounded like a legal contract. A little bit. A little bit. The event and the story do not exist apart from and or in conflict. No, no, I'm uh, – so – I'm just gonna be honest. So I I had the 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 privilege of actually writing our our ex- doctrine explanation for the gospel, and that was a piece that I had to include in yeah. there, um, not because anyone was making it, making me do that. Um, so thank you for that, Brian. But um, <laughs> and also thank you, Trevin, if you're listening. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> 
but um, but because it's so important. Yeah. Because as we as we discuss, people do put these two things at odds Intention. with yeah. one another, and and not always intentionally. Just um, we'll see why in a few minutes. So okay. we'll summarize. Take, take sure. that and just kind of boil that down as we we do to a simple sentence or so. All right. So uh, well, at the risk of being redundant with everything that we've just said, um, we're redundant th- people in general. Absolutely. So we, the, we say things a lot. We should many we, different times, many words, many ways. Okay, stop it. Okay, so, <laughs> so at the bis- risk of continuing to be redundant, um, what we're talking about is the scope of the gospel in this doctrine, and so we're we're um, so it is both a specific historical event, um, and it is God's overarching redemptive work in bringing out a restored and renewed creation. So it's both of those yeah. things. And I think most people, the challenge is they think of the gospel too narrowly. Yes. They think of it as simply the the information needed to be saved. Yes. Which is not untrue. Which is not untrue at all. Again, there's no conflict. Right. So to me, where this, the epiphany moment I see is when we're like, oh, no, wait a minute. It's more than that. Mm-hmm. It's it's all the story of scripture. Of course, that's our heartbeat. Right. Um, and, right. And and. It's critical, but that's that's usually a very few, if anybody I know of, says, "Oh, yeah, it's a story of scripture," but can't really, right? You know, narrow it down to 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 salvation. Yeah, yeah, and so I mean, that's important for us to think about when we um, when we ask ourselves the question, "Where do we see this in scripture?" Um, we have to remember right. that there is a sense in which we see it through that it, that you could honestly say that the entire Bible. Is this because the entire Bible is telling this story of redemption from beginning to end? Yeah. But um, for our purposes, but it, even then, it has specific moments where it calls out both the event and the overarching story. So thinking about it just from the event perspective, um, I mean, the the obvious go-to and the most explicit go to for this really is in first Corinthians 15 and um, even more narrowly in there you could start at verses one to four but it it flows through the entire passage yeah and even this when we read this we're gonna mm-hmm. see it it assumes a lot more underneath it you yes. can't look at these four and say well that's it that's the complete definition the exhaustive definition right so here, there's let me a just, lot there let me read yeah, yeah, yeah. It and go for it. it so here it is first corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4 paul's writing he says now i want you to make i want to make clear for you brothers and sisters the gospel i preached to you which you received on which you have taken your stand and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the message i preached to you unless you believed in vain for I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And then he continues after that by talking about the resurrection appearances. So right there, I mean, you can one can argue we don't have to define gospel because Paul does it for us. Mm-hmm. It's right there starting in three explicitly. Yeah. But notice what's assumed, for I passed on to you what's most important, that Christ died for our sins. Well, he doesn't really explain how that worked, that cr- yeah. who Christ is, that he was sinless, yeah. um, why that payment was needed and so forth, uh, what sins are. Um, he mentions according to the scriptures, which forces us to consider there's more to this. Yes. Um, and then that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And again, we don't have the fullness there yeah. of what this means that we get from the full story of scripture, nor do we see the the, the future. Yes. The future hope. So right. I think Paul, if he were here with us as a as a guest who would be a great guest 
actually we would be his guests. That's true. We would we would just let him do all the talking. We would. Um, and Paul would probably say things a lot over and over again too. Yeah. He tends to do that. He tends to, I think we yeah. would we would be kin yeah, with him. Absolutely. And Paul though would probably tell us, Hey, look, no, I was not intending to give you an, an exhaustive definition. Right. Right. I'm giving you the core of it. Right, exactly. Bec- and that's why he says that's why he says there um, that uh, where is it? Yeah, in verse three, he says, um, "I passed on to you as most important." Yeah. And so that is key. He's saying this is most. This is the absolute most essential thing that's yeah. there. There's more there. It's this is the distilled truth of the gospel is this it's not all it's not the complete picture but it's the it's exactly. the essential truth of we it. can't skip this right um if you don't have this you don't have a gospel exactly um and so that and and that's his point and i mean we we see this continued um in and he actually goes farther in this in what's most important because he rem- in verse five and following he also describes how um, this this gospel that there were people who saw this and that many people that he appeared to uh, the apostles he appeared to him appeared to Paul he appeared to groups as large as five hundred at one time which means all of those um, which. Just as a side note, and I think I might have mentioned this in in an episode or two in the past, um, there's no such thing as a mass hallucination. Yeah, they don't. They are they are impossible to have happen. People cannot have the exact same hallucination, the exact same way at the exact same time. Now, people can be convinced of seeing of 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 something, and and of believing something is true, but. Just so you know, you've got science on your side on the resurrection um, and, wi- and with the witnesses. So there you go. Uh, we where we are, we do not see a conflict with science on this point. So, <laughs> um, but Paul also also says in Second uh, Corinthians five twenty one um, another distillation of the gospel, um, a little bit more cosmic, but still um, still very essential truth here. Um, uh, he, he being he being God the Father, made the one who did not know sin, Jesus, to be sin for us, so that in Him, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. Yeah, that's the point of what Jesus was doing from a personal perspective in uh, the event of my many favorite passages in Scripture. This is one of my most favorite of my favorite passages mm. of scripture. I love this. I think it's so critical. And the thing I like about this is usually when we think about salvation, we think about the gospel, we, we think about salvation from sin and that's it. It's the fire insurance mentality, if yeah. you will. Yeah, absolutely. This one reminds us there's more to it. It's not just that Christ has taken our sin from us, paid the penalty in our place. He has given us his righteousness. So yes. we, we are not neutral before God. We are good with God because we we are given, we are credited with his righteousness, with Christ's righteousness. So this is a passage that reminds us of who we are, our identity in Christ, that we are fully pleasing to the Father. There's nothing we can do for him to be displeased with us because in Christ we are fully forgiven and fully righteous. Beautiful, important, succinct passage. Mm-hmm. Unlike Paul, this one's succinct. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, so those are just a couple of examples of 
the event. Of course, you can look at the actual accounts of the event in all four Gospels. Um, it's there in every single one. Um, those are – and that's the reason why we didn't include those is because those are a little more exhaustive. We're not going to read those whole things, and they should be kind of obvious um, since they have the title The Gospels. Um, so, <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. It all makes sense Wait now. Wait a minute. We've got four books in our Bible that are all called this. So um, so the other side of it, though, this uh, this overarching purpose, the story of redemption, we do see this in, in Scripture as well. A couple of places that we see it, and particularly looking at it, at it from the end game perspective. Um, Isaiah 25.8 says that that he, God, will destroy death forever. The Lord God will wipe away the tears from every face and remove his people's disgrace from the whole earth for the Lord has spoken. So he's speaking to the the end goal that in that redemption is coming and this is what he is going to do. 2 Peter 3.13 uh, says, uh, talks about our, our hope and our, our confidence, um, which is based on uh, his God's promise, and we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Um, and of course, Revelation 21 is is the picture of this end game in play. That we actually get to see that God has shown us what is going to happen and what it's going to look like. That death will be no more. That Jesus Himself is the one who will be wiping every tear from every eye, as we read in Isaiah 25, um, and that sin sadness, sickness, death, um, the bachelor, none of these <laughs> things will exist anymore in the new creation and all the people will rejoice. So especially that last one, especially that last one. All right. So let's talk about the cautions that we need to have as, as we understand this doctrine. And, and I'll throw out the first one. We've right. kind of hit on it yeah. already that we need to be careful about not being too narrow in our view of the gospel. As I said before, I think a lot of people make this mistake. They just think too narrowly of, mm -hmm. of, of the content of the gospel narrowly, um, just what is needed, the four or five points that's needed for somebody right. to be saved. And again, those are critical. Don't want to dismiss them or, sure. or belittle them, of course, in any way. But that's not all the gospel. But there's another way we can be too narrow, and that's as if we just think too personal. Yes. The gospel is about your personal salvation, your personal relationship with Christ. It's a personal thing, yes. But it's not just individual. It's also corporate. Yes. There's a bigger picture here about God bringing a people to himself through Christ, God using a people, about us all in eternity being one people from every tribe, nation. So mm -hmm. if we think too narrowly about just – it's just about me. Yeah. Um, and oh, I'm glad you're saved too, Aaron. I think you're saved. If you're saved, oh, I'm good. glad you're I saved so. too. Um, but, you know, it's really just about me. That's what I need to focus on. It's kind of like – need a little bit of me time, self-care, all exactly. that kind of stuff. Well, no, we need, to, we need to take ownership. We need to let God work in us. But he also works through us, and that's where we have to remember we're a people. Yeah. And it's not just about me. It's about us together. Yes. So we can make that mistake of being too narrow in both those ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another um, – you know, in addition to uh, being too transactional um, in our in our thinking, too person like too individualistic, uh, personal in that respect, we also need to be careful on the other side as well that we don't uh, become so broad in our understanding of the gospel's effects mm. in restoring and redeeming creation that we ignore the very real and personal implications that yeah. you actually have to believe something because you do. You can't yeah. just like. 
there's a danger that if you if you ignore that if you ignore that side of it um, you can fall into a belief that's called universalism yeah. which is basically that everyone gets into gets into heaven there's a whole most i mean there's been controversies about this for centuries um you know, there's arguments about some of the some of the reformers being hypothetical universalists, but not practical universalists. There's, um, uh, you know, there was a controversy just about ten years ago where a well-known pastor decided to who loved to ask questions and not answer them. Um, oh, it wasn't a controversy. <laughs> it was a, it was a dust up. That's right. But uh, it was a full-on war and. Um, but uh, at, he he decided to de- decided to actually answer one of his questions for for a change, and threw out that everyone that you know because because quote love wins, um, and we learned why he just asked questions without answering because when he answered them didn't go in a good place exactly exactly so he was a um, deconstructionist who forgot ha- to how to forgot how to reconstruct. Um, his yeah. faith into anything meaningful, so um, yeah. so we can't ignore that that personal those personal implications. Yeah, and I think also we we can go too broad in content, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when the gospel becomes meaningless when we we attach everything's gospel. And yes, that is everything's a gospel issue. I- um, exactly. Yeah, and, and and everything. Yeah, the gospel connects to everything. Yes. But I don't know if we would be wise to say every single thing is a gospel issue, a central gospel issue. Um, that's where we get into trouble and things start to really fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we, uh, we've kind of – we as a people, as, as, as a church, we've kind of – are working through this still. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's not something that we – it's not like – we always tend to we as human beings we tend to swing between extremes. Yes. And so we'll go too far one direction, we'll go we'll go too, too far, far the, the other, other in response, but for a couple of days on either side we're good. <laughs> um, we've got it and those are really great days. It's like um it's it's like every day is not a Monday. So, um <laughs> <laughs> and I'm okay with that, but uh, especially today because today feels like a Monday. But um, I think there will also be no Mondays in the new creation. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yep, yep. So, but this is but this is that thing. Um, I mean, people make everything a gospel issue, and and people do, or they, um, you know, I. I've even heard some people say, say you are the gospel. It's like, no, you're not the gospel. No. You're not even close to the gospel um, because you can't save anybody. No. I'm sorry. Um, you can point to the one who, who exactly. is the gospel, and that's it. Uh, and so everything – we need to be careful. Everything is connected to it. Yes. But not everything is part of it. Yes. And, and so just to be careful – and there is, I think, some gray areas there. Yeah. It's hard to parse that. I don't think it's it's crystal clear all the time. It's, there, there are some areas it's like, all right, well, this I can see this seems like it really is close to being gospel, if not. Right. Um, but I think that's a healthy conversation for us to work through um, in love with charity with one another. So yes. in other words, not on Twitter. Um, and and yeah. work through these things and sharpen ourselves so that we can protect what the gospel truly is. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's wrap this up with with our final question. What difference should this doctrine make? Well, I mean, the short answer is is it should change everything. All right, so thank you for listening. Okay, no, but uh, I mean, I mean, we we've we've 
come back to this time and again as we've been having this discussion, but but without exaggeration, there's nothing more important than uh, in our lives than what we believe about the gospel. Um, we what we believe about it changes everything in the trajectory of our lives. Um, it we so and to not put too fine a point on it, we either believe the gospel and are saved from sin and are and know that we will enjoy the new creation with God forever yeah. um, or we deny the gospel and we will be judged for eternity. This is the this is the only true either or that exists in the world. Um, I mean, even Coke and Pepsi is not is not as as black and white as as some people might think. But um, you know, you went from the gospel to soft drinks. I had to I had to I had to go light there. So oh. I'm cutting the tension here, Brian, and keeping myself from preaching. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, the truth is is that there's no middle ground. There's no gospel plus anything. Nope. Um, there's no nothing like that. It's uh, this is a literally a a matter of life and death in terms of what we believe. Eternal life and death. Yeah. Well, that is a good place to end because I'm I'm done for after your so soft drink mm. tie in there. I, I don't know where else I could go. So I, it seems like that's a great place to wrap up anyway. <laughs> All right, so thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, even the soft drink analogy, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. 